2: Pack your bags and get ready for a different kind of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Steven Maggi.
4: Welcome to Las Vegas, a place that likes to feel that it's on the cutting edge of new technologies. One of those technologies is virtual reality and you're seeing its applications all over town. Whether it's used for entertainment, training, or sports, it's definitely a part of Vegas today with much more coming in the next few years. Today you'll meet James Gillio, one of the leaders in the industry talking about VR and the many possibilities for it in the future. As usual, you'll hear from our regulars. Eddie O. the Wine Guy will answer a question that many have asked us recently, and that's is it okay to bring your own bottle of wine to your favorite restaurant? On Luxury Living Vegas Style, Gaty Madrano of Flipping Vegas talks about her experiences working with all different levels of clients from first-time buyers up to multi-million dollar sales. Brett Maley of Pawn Stars is back with his Vegas Art Minute. Today, Brett talks about where to learn the truth about the real price of a particular piece of art. Finally, your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, follows up on last week's conversation about the future of the win and its properties. Las Vegas prides itself on being the first. The first places with the great technology, the first places that have things that you see that become regular items across the country. Well, one of those things that Vegas is particularly interested in is virtual reality. And we're talking to someone... He's not from Las Vegas, but he's a leader in that field. His name is James Giglio, and he is the uh, president and founder, or CEO of MVP Interactive. First of all, James, so before we start,
5: as I understand that you worked in the finance uh, world and so forth before, how do you get the finance to virtual reality? Yeah, that's really funny. I feel like, I, you know, I tell people that I, uh, I've had two lives, and so uh, that's right. I was in the real estate, commercial real estate finance world, and um, as we all know, the tragic Financial collapse of the you know mid two thousands, um, you know the analogy that I make is that uh, I was I was on the beach and I saw the tsunami coming and so I got off the beach prior to that right and so um, it was at that time I wanted to be a little bit more creative and entrepreneurial and so I decided to do a complete. Career change and get into the advertising world, and so I had an opportunity to work in a small boutique uh, out-of-home agency, and so it was there that I started to see the trends and and sort of movement in technology and how brands were focused on technology um, to see you know to really. To connect what consumer engagement could look like and as a new form of media, and so uh, I kind of took that time to learn both the advertising world, some level of technology, and then um, you know on a business trip. Quite honestly, I was uh, pitching a, a small credit union in, in the Tampa Bay area as on an ad pitch, and um, it was there I really sort of connected the dots and thought to myself that, you know, we weren't doing things properly and we wanted to create, I wanted to create this um, sort of end-to-end engagement with the user and technology and a perfect piece of real estate and technology, and that was sports to me. You know, it was, you know, you go to a, a stadium, you really want to immerse yourself into the the game day experience, and you know what better way to connect a brand message than a sports team? You have that passion and the affiliation with, um, you know, the, the players and the team on the on the on the ice, on the field, on the court, and so um, and then corporate sponsorship plays into that as well. And and so I just felt that there was something there in terms of combining all of these facets together. And so uh, what I did was I I took advantage of my time down in Tampa and uh, called all of local teams and so without any real sales collateral or presentation um, I just had built up the nerve to uh, to call the teams and the Tampa Bay Rays which there is a tie to Vegas here I'll get there but the Tampa Bay Rays took my call and so I went in Uh, I had a a pitch. I basically presented what MVP is now. um, And the response was overwhelmingly positive. And so that gave me a little bit more confidence to say, you know what, I'm going to take this idea out of my head and and, and execute on it. And and so uh, at that time, you know, I was looking for more gamified units with, um, you know, whether it's a morphing station, a photo kiosk that leverages facial detection, um, creating simulated sporting activities that at that time VR was not really. A, a thing, right? And so we were doing these engagements that um, use gesture-based technology, for example. And so um, that was in the winter of 2012. I probably spent a couple of months, you know, continuing to do my market research and, you know, building the nerve of, of liquidating any assets that I had to, to kind of do my own thing. And so uh, I essentially launched MVP in the May of 2012. And so, um so here's the tie into Vegas. So that individual who had taken my meeting at the Tampa Bay Rays is now the CMO of the Vegas Knights. And so we will be meeting later today. And so everything's connected. At the time, you may not realize what relationships you make and where they will take you. But um, I actually had the pleasure of working with him uh, while he was working at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as well as uh, hopefully you know, things to come with the, the, the Golden Knights.
4: You're a pioneer in the sense that you've been there from the earliest days, like you said, where the stuff back in 2012 was relatively minute compared to what we can do now. But I guess you're the true definition of an entrepreneur then, because it does take guts to do that. I mean, it takes guts to make the call, but it also takes guts to, okay, so they're interested now, what do I do?
5: Yeah, that's right. You know, it's, it's funny because, you know, I look back and there's no way that I would do the same thing over again this, you know, uh, in my current state right now, but I'm, I'm very happy and 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 proud yeah you know taking that entrepreneurial plunge and and really risking it and you know that doesn't stop you know and that and that sort of drive um continues to to push us forward and uh to really you know you're hanging on on a thread at any given time right and that's 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 very entrepreneurial way of life it's not for everyone but um yeah it's really what drives drives your efforts more with
4: mvp interactives james julio in just a few moments Time now for Eddie Osterlin, America's first master sommelier, who says sometimes you don't have to drink the wines that are on the wine list. Eddie, what about bringing your own bottle to a restaurant? People talk about it. Some people are kind of afraid to do it. Do the people at the restaurant get angry? What do you think about that?
6: Well, let's face it. Wines in restaurants are expensive, and they have to be because they have to Buy them in advance and store them and buy glassware and pay for broken glassware and pay the staff to serve it. So some people, (laughs) I mean, you see all different sides. Some people might bring a bottle of wine to the restaurant to save money, you know. Well, okay. If you're going to do that, a couple things. Um, Don't bring a cheap wine because you're going to look cheap. Certainly don't bring a wine that's already on their wine list, and you can look at any decent restaurant, and their wine list is online. So you can look and see there. So bring a bottle of wine that's kind of nice, you know, something you've saved up that you'd like. Bring a wine that's not on their wine list, and when you come in... I could go much more in depth on how you should prepare. You might want to decant the wine at home. Uh, You want to bring the wine in already decanted in the bottle so they don't have to decant it. That's called double decanting that we we talk about. You might want to chill the red wine. Later in the show, you'll learn that all red wine needs to be served at cellar temperature, not room temperature because red wine tastes better, slightly cool. All these things. But here's the one ticket. You bring a bottle of wine to the restaurant. The first thing I would do is I'd order a cocktail. Spend some money first. You know, show them that you're not not a cheapskate. You know, bring a wine in that's kind of unique, maybe something special for you and your wife's anniversary, who knows what. And when they, and then you ask them, could you bring us um, three glasses? Why three glasses? Well, one for you, one for your wife, and one that you can pour a little sample, an ounce or two of your wine you brought in for the guy who's serving it to you, the psalm. Because these psalms, um, enjoy every night to getting little tastes of wines that perhaps they have never had before or that are rare wines or expensive wines. And they, they'll save them to the end of the service night and they taste them all at the end of the night. And it gives them little, little sampler cups of things to try as if they were cheat sheets or something like that because a lot of these people are trying to work their way up the ladder to become a, a certified sommelier or an advanced sommelier. And the only way they can learn this is by tasting a lot of wine, and that's expensive. So if you give them a little sample of what you brought, um, I would be surprised if they even charge you a corkage fee, and you know the price they charge to open your bottle, which is somewhere between fifteen and twenty-five dollars usually, um, and that's fair. I don't mind paying that either. But sometimes they'll they'll waive the corkage or they'll lower it because you've been nice to them.
4: Eddie O will be back next week. When you visit Las Vegas, you're always looking for fun things to do. And I think one thing you got to put on your list is the Neon Museum. It's fantastic. What a way to learn the history of Las Vegas. But by the signs that go back all the way to the 1930s. The lobby, in fact, is a restored shell from the old La Concha Motel. It's a lot of fun. The staff there is incredible. really unique Las Vegas experience. So you can learn the history and have a blast. Go to neonmuseum.org. That's neonmuseum.org. More with MVP Interactive's James Gillio, in just a few moments. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the BizTalk Radio Network.
1: It's happening to you every night. One snores and the other can't sleep. It seems like there's no end to it. But now there's a quick and easy to use solution, a natural solution snore Stop. try it risk-free today snore Stop was created and tested by a team of physicians and has been helping couples sleep for over 20 years it is the number one selling anti-snoring medicine in the US SnoreStop sprays or tablets are now available nationwide all you have to do is call it's time to try snore Stop and make every night a better night for both of you don't wait try snore Stop, the number one selling anti-snoring medicine in the US sprayer tablets Call right now for free shipping and your 100% risk-free trial offer. 800-982-4808 800-982-4808 800-982-4808 That's 800-982-4808
2: And now, another film rental discovery.
0: Welcome to the Film Minute. Money is a powerful motivator. Ask anyone what he or she would do for a million dollars, and you're likely hear anything! But when we give in to the temptation of money, there are consequences to be paid. The darkly comic fable, Cheap Thrills, an award-winning first feature from director E.L. Katz, explores the corrupting power of easy money... Craig is a family man who loses his job and gets an eviction notice on the same day. Drowning his sorrows at a bar with his old friend Vince, they chance to meet a couple seeking some birthday fun. Soon they are putting their money to use with increasingly demented challenges. As the night goes on, the dares escalate and the price goes up, begging the question, is there really any winner? It's hard to watch cheap thrills and not be on the edge of your seat. The film feels rocket-propelled, driven by snappy dialogue and thrilling action. The jokes are unforced, and the ensemble performance is particularly noteworthy. But be forewarned. As the night drags on for our heroes, some of the dares become, shall we say, a bit stomach-churning. Cheap thrills. Not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Find us on the web
7: at IndieFilmMinute.com
2: You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with
4: Stephen Maggi. You are listening to James Gillio, president, CEO, and founder of MVP Interactive, a major player in the world of virtual reality. Well, thank God we have people that are willing to do that, because some of the stuff, I think you're, people, you're going to love this. You're talking about a sports experience, and again, those that have been to the Golden Night Games kind of get a little taste of this. It's much more than just going to the games the way we did in the 20th century, say, and enjoying it. And you had a big scoreboard that flashed a few things. This is all... And, some of the, and you can talk about some of the things you've done, James. But this is all with the um, the effort of really trying to enhance the experience of the fans and so forth. Right.
5: And, and I think property owners and team owners are really valuing what the proposition is for families to spend X amount of money to come in and participate and view a sport. And it's no longer just the 60 minutes of the game time, right? You really need to create the value proposition of saying, you're going to invest in us and we're going to, you know, in return, invest in your experience. And so you really, uh, you're starting to see finally trends where properties are opening hours and hours before the game starts and staying open after the game ends. And it's really not just, the focal point of you know the performance on the on the court and so um, fans don't really have any um, influence on what happens on the court but they can have an influence as to what their experience is like at, at the uh, the venue and so you know you're starting to see this theme park type of engagement where it's really valuable because quite honestly it's, it's very comfortable to stay home on a cold day <laughs> you know to watch football or in flat screen television technology has come a long way and fantasy sports and staying connected and so uh, it's a unique challenge for properties and um, I think the market is really trending in the in the right positive direction and creating a full day experience, just not 60 minutes or whatever the, the game time is. Well, let's share one of the examples. I love this. You did this with the
4: Washington Redskins, I believe, and it was the idea of feeling that Coming out of the, the tunnel thing And we've all seen it We've seen it in NFL films And this kind of reminds me of the early days of NFL films When all of a sudden people saw football in a different way Seems like what you guys are doing Is taking it another step up
5: Yeah, and uh, that was a great experience for us. And and we were able to um, find the right opportunity with Bud Light and the Washington Redskins to um, really produce the very first digital social lounge inside of a, a, a professional sports stadium. And so not only were we able to produce and create a virtual reality experience, but it had different elements of technology in that lounge where fans could then participate in a virtual field goal kicking game or catch a virtual touchdown and and then take a um, a bobblehead photo of themselves using our morphine station where you can recreate, you know, your image and ter- convert yourself into a digital bobblehead. And so um, it was a perfect holistic um, destination in the stadium that allowed fans to really interact with two brands, right? So you had the affinity to the Redskins with the experiences and then also Bud Light being the sponsor. Uh, it was a great way for them to even sell product in a non-adverse way, right? You're They're providing you this lounge opportunity. You can engage in free games and participate in these activities. And then by the way, go ahead and buy a nice crisp <laughs> Bud Light, right? And so um, you know, it's it's that kind of philosophy and trend that you're seeing that brands are focusing on experiences as well, and it's not just a sign in the stadium or a commercial on TV or a radio spot. You know, they, they really want to take advantage of the experience and get their brand in front of you in a fun way.
4: Yeah, and we're seeing it in the radio business too, where all of a sudden now we don't want those type of spots. We want the spots to be read by somebody maybe and just have a sudden be part of the actual show, which is which is a different thing. And I'm thinking as we get into this, really the sky's the limit. uh, Do you find that a lot of these corporations are coming to you and they want to be involved, right? They don't just want to buy some package from you and put slap their name on it.
5: Yeah, that, that's right. And, um, you know, we have a very collaborative, creative process. And so um, it's not like people are going to our website and choosing XYZ product. It's it's really a, a full-service, creative uh, suite of um, services. And so, you know, we'll talk to a brand. We'll learn about what their brand message is. We'll speak to, you know, what sports or, or events that they have an affinity to or how they want to activate. And then we really try to create engagements that holistically um per- produces a positive brand message but then also gamifies an experience and so i think in marketing in general you're going to hear this gamification term as a as a new um as a a new lexicon in 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 the um in the marketing world in the sense that you know if you could take your everyday experiences and interact them interact with them in a gamified way you're going to break down that that barrier of um user acquisition or that resistance to um getting your message across to a consumer right and so when you can have something whether it's as simple as a touchscreen interaction or you know some type of quizzing that it's it's fun um you know the the user feels like they're participating in something in a non-adverse way and then your brand message is getting um you know sent you know it's a really perfect combination you'll hear
4: more from virtual reality executive james
5: gilio in just a few moments
4: Time now for luxury living Vegas style with Gady Madrano, star of flipping Vegas, which can be seen on the DIY network. Check your local listings. Today's topic, all buyers and sellers, regardless of cost, need very extensive services but even things like title insurance and stuff i'm sure you only work with the best just like the good realtors the smart realtors always have that's almost kind of a secondary team of uh, people that you kind of coordinate with
8: no it's it's critical because they all we're all working towards the same goal. So for me, and I've, I'll leave title companies, they mess up on a deal. I'm pretty, I'm pretty brutal. <laughs> so, and that's what I expect. I expect excellence from all, from all sides, because that's what my client is expecting of me. And no matter what the sale is, I would do just a tons of, you know, over million dollars, multi-million uh, luxury deals. But I definitely work with, People with all price ranges, brand new home buyers, uh, friends that, you know, this is my first one. And, and I'll get people that are talk to me like, hey, I think this is out of your price range, but, you know, I'd really like your help with this is my first home. And I'm like, there's no outside of my price range. And that's something that I, I know some people take pride in trying to just be. In this market, in this niche, but to me, I, I don't I never that's too pretentious for my for my palette. I really want to help out as many people as I possibly can. And when people contact me, if i'm if I'm really busy, which can happen, that's why I also have a team. That's why I make sure that I just don't. Be like, no, I'm sorry, I can't get back to you, or I don't return their phone calls. You know that that type of thing doesn't happen. I make sure that they're taken care of, no matter what price range, no matter who they are or what their needs are, or I can guide them towards where they can actually go to for you know specifically what they're looking for.
4: You can find out more about Gady at GadyRealEstate.com. Gady is spelled G-A-D-Y. I was talking to your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, the other day about what people are telling him they want for a trip to Las Vegas. And he said they're looking for basically a good deal like they used to get back in the day in the 20th century and so forth. But you can actually find that now, the Orleans Hotel. Yep, they got a great casino, wonderful restaurants, everything from upscale stuff to the buffet to fast food, everything you want. The prices are great. There's lower resort fees and free parking. Why would you check it out? It's at orleanscasino.com. That's orleanscasino.com. You'll hear more from virtual reality executive James Gillio in just a few moments. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi nationwide on the BizTalk Radio Network.
7: Hey, I'm Michael Shapiro from Reckless in Vegas, and you're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You own a real business that makes real money, not just an idea for a business, but a real revenue generating business. Then we have what every business needs to run and grow. Cash. Call the Business Cash Advance line and in just 5 minutes, you could be well on your way to securing up to $1 million in funding for your business. Use the money however you want. Try new advertising, buy inventory, purchase equipment or pay taxes and other bills. Call now to secure up to 1 million in less than a week. The process is quick and easy. Call the Business Cash Advance Line to speak with an account manager now. Representatives are standing by, so if you need to get up to $1 million in working capital to grow your business, don't wait. Call right now. 800-445-1099. 800-445-1099. Call now. 800-445-1099. That's 800-445-1099.
9: I know what you're thinking. Why would I need a voiceover production company? Well, does your company need a commercial for radio or television? Does your company need an entertaining and informative on-hold message? Are you looking to do an audiobook or web presentation? Then you need a voiceover production company. That's why thousands turn to the pros at Black Eagle Sound Design. Black Eagle Sound Design is home to some of the finest voice actors, producers, and engineers in the business. At Black Eagle Sound Design, you get Hall of Fame professionalism, royalty-free music, and a 100% buyout, meaning the commercials are yours to do with as you please. See website for details. Log on now to besd.us and find out more. It's time you worked with the best, and Black Eagle Sound Design will be there with you and your project every step of the way, on time, on target, and at a price you can afford. I'm Adele Poole, one of the many talents you'll hear at Black Eagle Sound Design. Visit us at BESD.US. Black Eagle Sound Design. Because the voice you choose matters. Um, hello. It's me. The designer jeans in your closet. The
8: back of your closet. What am I doing here? Would you keep caviar in the back of your fridge with the ketchup and old milk? Yeah, I don't think so. So, what happened to us? I mean, have you seen my label? I used to summer in the Hamptons and now I'm stuck behind a pair of sweats. Sure, I never really fit you quite right and one of my pockets is so small you can't even squeeze your hand into it, but it's all about the look and I look good. I need to get back out on the scene so I can be seen. You know, going to fancy parties, getting expensive iced coffees, Sunday fun days, okay? So take me to Goodwill where I can really make a difference.
10: Your donations to Goodwill create new jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to Goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. The two tight ends are lined up as tight ends. Back goes Darrell to pass. He's looking for Smith, but instead goes down the middle. Chester, touchdown Raiders!
1: had gotten free at the five and was all alone in the end zone, two yards
4: in. That is the Oakland Raiders. No, not the Oakland Raiders of 2017, but the Oakland Raiders of 1972. And that's what we're talking about on a new feature called RaiderHistorian.com. You go there and we have... Every week, different highlights from years of the past, including a look back at Al Davis, the owner, all the great games, the rivalries, the philosophy of the team, and so forth. It's a must as the Raiders head to Las Vegas in just another few years. If you're here in Las Vegas, you got to know that history, and if you're from Oakland and L.A., you'll want to relive that as well. RaiderHistorian.com.
2: Let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps
4: with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to President, CEO, and founder of MVP Interactive, James Gilio. Well, you know, Johnny Greco, VP of Entertainment with the Golden Knights, was saying their whole effort is to get people as involved as possible in the game. So with that in mind, do you see opportunities as virtual reality, which is just in its infancy, starts to grow? There'll be more and more things that maybe not only the fans really at the event, but even fans at home can get involved with.
5: Yeah. you know, And to that point, I I know the NBA does a great job and they've invested in some VR um, companies in that. They're going to be able to provide that in-home experience as if you were Uh, courtside for a basketball game through virtual reality and so as the technology uh, refines itself and um, really moves forward in in what's possible we're going to see that integration in everyday life and so yeah virtual reality is a very exciting technology and I I think um, you know when we advise our clients to provide unprecedented access you know that's the technology that we we like to produce it in and and so um i think the future is bright for mixed reality as well um in the sense that you get to have an opportunity to experience a virtual reality through a um, a viewpoint that you're not sort of secluded into your surroundings so you'll be able to see the real life in front of you and then through augmented reality you create this virtual engagement so i'm really high and excited on uh, the possibilities there and and that can really integrate into our everyday life you know think about fixing your faucet, right? It's no longer going onto YouTube and learning how to do so. You could put the mixed reality headset on and see the tutorial as you're fixing your faucet, right? And so I think we're going to see a lot of practical applications for that.
4: I read an interview with you and it was really interesting. You said, you know, it thrills me and it scares me too. And there are some people that are actually afraid of this thing, my God, you put this thing over your head and suddenly you are withdrawing from the existence as we know it. Is that something as you're planning these things and working with clients that you you kind of kind of keep safety really in mind and you know warn people and just
5: be aware of that uh, fear? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think from our activations and what we advise on our clients is to really provide a, a stationary environment for first time users and everyone has a different threshold of vertigo and and things of that nature. But um, so yeah, I think that there's as development refines itself. And I think companies like Oculus and HTC are doing great jobs with their hardware um, to make the sort of unbalanced feeling, and as well as developers like ourselves to to create and code. Um, software and experiences that are going to be lifelike and not to the point where it's going to be a dizzying experience or, um, you know, get you upset in the stomach and and, and sick. (laughs) Well, you you mentioned Oculus. Okay. Is that today
4: kind of like where Atari was back when we had those little things that we put Is that kind of where you think we're at at this point?
5: You know, it's a a really smart analogy because I, you know, back in 2015 or 16 when VR was really coming onto the scene, from a hardware perspective, I always likened it to the VCR, right? And so you you heard about all of these startups uh, getting into the... Um, development of hardware and camera rigs and systems and things of that nature, and I felt, you know, that was as much of a trend. And we know even in the entrepreneurial world or Silicon Valley, where investors kind of go and put their money, and you know, we started to see a lot of investment into hardware of, of VR products. And and I kind of sat back and I said, you know what? If history is repeating itself, you know, we were talking about the Betamax machine, then the VCR, and then DVD players, and then Blu-ray players, and then what did we learn that the content? is really what is going to outlive any of the hardware, right? And so um, at that time, I was curious and, and and um, you know, I saw the opportunity for some of these larger uh, consumer electronic brands like Samsung. I said, those are going to be the guys that can fund this and can develop this and refine it. And so Oculus being the first market mover and then it obviously... Um, being acquired by Facebook, you know, that really solidified themselves in terms of their hardware. And then a company like an HTC Vive, you know, that pre-existed virtual reality um, and and Samsung, um, you know, really taking their long stated history in other electronic products into the VR world set themselves apart, and so now you're seeing a complete spillover, drop over. A lot of these startups no longer uh, are around. You know, you can find this hardware on eBay now for pennies on the dollar, and so you just have these major, um, these these major brands. So, um, so yeah, and and even despite you know the advancement of of where oculus is from even where they were two years ago it's still very early and and so you know we remember working with the first developers kit and it was this big clunky device and now with the oculus go they've completely untethered you know the hardware and the experience and so um yeah i mean this time next year we could see another um version of of the oculus go too right and and what does that mean Uh, and how was that refined so i think you're exactly right this these are the atari days um it's amazing to think a big the big difference in the content and the capabilities between atari and and what um uh vr is is doing now but um yeah i think that's a fair assessment
4: what mvp interactive is you guys are content concerned right because you I would imagine you trying to be able to turn on a dime. You'll work with whatever the uh, going technology is at the time. The idea is, what can I
5: bring for content to the client? That's exactly right. You know, we have had opportunities to get into product design and, and hardware. And so um, we do have devices that we would consider off the shelf and that we fabricate. Um, but by and large, that's simply just a conduit to our content. And so we're really agnostic to a display, to a headset, to a touchscreen, things of that nature. So um, even in, in the content that we develop, it, you know, we're heavily focused on sports. But, you know, there's applications in entertainment and retail and um, you know theme parks for example so we're really agnostic to uh, an array of things because as content developers and producers you know that's where you have to be nimble.
4: Well yeah let's talk a little about that because you talk about the entertainment field and I know here for example Madison Square Garden is going to build the sphere here this is the first one they're going to have they're looking at all sorts of things here do you see those some of the things that you're doing and some of the your, your fellow uh, VR folks are doing is something that could work with some of these new facilities as they're building them and so forth?
5: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it all circles back to the experience, right? And so when you leverage experiential technology, and it's a perfect connection to an experience, right? It's it's all technically based. And I know prior to the podcast, we were talking about the win. And, and I think that's a perfect example where um, I don't recall the name of the back bar in the lobby there but they have this waterfall and the use of projection and and sculptures floating through the pond and what have you i think that was even today isn't it is not is a great experience and but you know that was a pioneer type of uh, production uh you know how old is that hotel now you know close to 10 years or more than that right and so i think um absolutely and, and as technology advances these facilities are going to be state of the art um, you know even from an infrastructure standpoint with Wi-Fi connectivity and data speeds um, but then from a content perspective I mean it's going to be a fully immersive experience and um, yeah that's that's the new wave of real estate more with James Gilio in a moment time now to talk with Brett of pawn stars and art encounter.
4: Today, Brett talks about knowing what the real value is of a particular piece of art. Is there a quote-unquote, forgive me, a Kelly Blue Book type thing for art? You know, in other words, they always do that like for vintage cars or something. You you have a starting point, and then, of course, it depends on wants and availability and all that. But is there some sort of a place where people could get kind of an idea of what they should be looking at at a particular piece, that kind of thing?
11: Yeah, there is. I mean, now especially in today's day and age with the internet, you know, things have become a bit more homogenized in the art world. Whereas before, there might be just one or two dealers you were kind of beholden to for a, you know, a Warhol or let's, say, you know, a Picasso. Now the internet, you know, there's online dealers, there's brokers, there's you know all sorts of different opportunities. And for the most part, when you're talking about named, listed, blue book artists. Um, you know, the market's going to be fairly consistent. So you can do your homework, do your research and kind of get a better idea, much like I do as an appraiser, uh, what the, the, the baseline value might be. And then from there, based on the quality, based on the media, based on the prestige of the piece, you know, either increase the value or decrease the value
4: from there. Don't forget to check out Brett's incredible gallery in Vegas. It's called Art Encounter. You can find it online. And if you call them and mention Vegas never sleeps, they'll even send a limo to your hotel and pick you up. People ask me all the time about the good old days in Las Vegas. You know, when you could stay for less and your money went a long way? Well, guess what? I got the way you can do that right now. Stay at the Orleans Hotel. It's a great place. Believe it or not, they have free parking, which is almost unheard of these days. Lower resort fees. It's a mile and a half away from the Strip and only four miles from the airport. And if you want to go to the Strip, they have a free shuttle every day. You got to find out more? Make a reservation at orleanscasino.com. That's orleanscasino.com.
7: The action is hot,
2: the atmosphere cool, and the parking is free. Free. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Over 1,800 rooms, 70 lanes of bowling, an 18-screen movie theater, 8,000-seat arena, fabulous dining, virtual reality, a giant race and book. and the biggest stars are in the Orleans Showroom. The Orleans Hotel and Casino, two blocks west of the Strip, minutes from the airport, with rooms starting at $45. This is how you Vegas. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Visit orleanscasino.com.
4: When you go to Las Vegas, you have to know what you're going to go see, and there's no better place on the web to go than VitalVegas.com. You hear Scott Robin, our Vegas insider, every week. What are people going to find when they go to your site, Scott? Everything you need to know about Las
11: Vegas, from shows and restaurants and a lot of inside dirt that you won't hear anywhere
4: else. And a lot of photos, too, and a lot of snark, right? <laughs> that is the case. <laughs> yeah. You can't miss it, VitalVegas.com
9: Hey Kevin, thinking about saving for retirement?
4: Yeah, but how do I start? It's
9: easy with Avo, a retirement coach. Let's learn the Avo bet A is for taking action.
4: Not anxiety?
9: No, Kevin, you're gonna be fine. You sick? Barely. V
4: is for variety. Huh, change up my strategy. Okay.
3: pose for optimize your savings. Let Ava lead the way. Visit
9: org today. A message from AARP and the Ad Council.
0: And now, another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. On the surface, some films don't appear to have much of a story. We gain our satisfaction from characters on a journey and slice-of-life films can soar simply by an artful observance of one encapsulated element of the human condition. Gloria tells the story of a middle-aged Chilean woman who finds herself essentially alone. She was married once, but her husband has broken through the fence. She has kids, but was strong enough to let them move on with their own lives. Now she faces the world bravely, seeking companionship and fun. She finds, however, that those interested in her are weighed down by the detritus of life. Gloria puts herself out there. She doesn't shy away from any adventure life may have to offer. She refuses to accept that her days of joy are over. They will not be. If there is pain in trying, so be it. We could observe her life and wince at the million hurts that light piles on and wonder, is there a point? But then we observe Gloria dancing, awkwardly, alone, giving wings to her spirit, caring little for the judgment of others, and suddenly we realize, what we have here is a story of victory, and a lesson for us all. Gloria. Not in theaters. Discovery through rental.
4: When you go to Las Vegas, you have to know what you're going to go see. And there's no better place on the web to go than VitalVegas.com. You hear Scott Robin, our Vegas insider, every week on the show. But Scott's got a lot more there. What are people going to find when they go to your site, Scott? Everything you need to
11: know about Las Vegas from shows and restaurants and a lot of inside dirt that you
4: won't hear anywhere else. And a lot of photos, too, and a lot of snark, right? (laughs) That is the case, (laughs) yes. You can't miss it. VitalVegas.com. It's a must when you come to Las Vegas. VitalVegas.com.
2: Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi.
4: You are listening to James Giglio, the president, CEO, and founder of MVP Interactive, a top virtual reality firm
5: you know, you're, you're feeling right. So if you're smiling, not that we would want to make you unhappy, but you know, if you're talking about entertainment and you want to think of a new way to advertise a new movie, you know, you have someone smiling, Hey, there's a, you know, a new horror movie coming out. Let's frighten that person. And, or if, you know, on the flip side, if we identify someone that maybe is looking at content, not too happy, let's get a nice positive message. And, And so we can do that now. Well, what if I'm sitting in Las Vegas when the Raiders come? Here? I've been a Raiders fan since I was a little kid, and they're playing like they're playing
4: this year, where they're stinking up the joint, and I'm ticked. Uh, is there going to be something like that? Hey, don't worry. Or,
5: you know, is there anything for that? Um, you know, that that that's a good question. I mean, I I it's uh, I I think that really that right there is what makes sports so unique, right? Because the the whole uh, idea of taking this birthright allegiance to a team or a brand that you have to endure the ups and downs. And um, I think that makes it a very unique industry in that way. Yeah. Okay, one more thing I want to talk to you about
4: is uh, we have all these things, and like you're saying, this thing changes every day. There's such How do you keep up with it? I mean, my gosh! I mean, you and you have to.
5: What do you do? Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a real challenge for us. And I think um, being on the forefront of technology, I you know, everyone involved in MVP Interactive really takes a special interest and passion uh, to technology. And you know, there's almost there's there's a transition. We see this with new employees as well where, you know, once you get inside the mind of what our industry is, your physical mind starts thinking about things in a way that you wouldn't normally or practically do in the past. And so uh, constantly, I, I take my time, um, you know, people talk about the shower time and your best thoughts, but you know, I, I live in Center City, Philadelphia, and I walk to work. And, and the amount of ideas that I try to, I take that opportunity while I'm moving and, and walking to work to, to kind of Take what I know and apply it to a new concept and, and maybe think about a brand message and say, hey, this would be a perfect engagement. And so then we'll come into the office and, and start building shit, right? And so we have that opportunity to, to kind of take these ideas, put them on, on paper, so to speak, or a whiteboard and, and try to, to integrate them. And so, so it's, it's, it's really a mindset and you know, a, a domain expertise that, that I'm constantly thinking about new ideas. Do you find this a real opportunity for, you know, I know you work with some of the really
4: big people like Coca-Cola and so forth, but I mean, it's just a place where a smaller business, you know, if they can afford to do some of this stuff, really can separate themselves from the pack.
5: Yeah, you know, and, that, and you know, cost is a real thing, right? And so I was speaking at the, a panel at, at the X Live conference here and, um, I had asked the group, you know, what are the biggest challenges that you have in activating or experiential technology and the sheer cost? And you have to remember when, you know, these conceptual ideas and technologies come to place, they're custom experiences and and there's real fixed and hard costs to develop this stuff. And and there's bandwidth and there's manpower and all of that stuff. And so I think from our perspective, we are creating an IP stack that is going to eventually get to the point where, um, you know, we can remodel a technology for a smaller brand or a budget that, you know, you may not get the full suite of experience or software, but, you know, we've refined it and have built on it uh, enough where it'll be a value-based, you know, offering. And so, yeah, we think about that uh, quite often. And is it a little like televisions where, you know, back in the
4: 1960s, a 25-inch TV could be $1,000, and now you can get, you know, a 60-inch
5: TV for $500 that can do 20, 30 times as much? Yeah, no, you're exactly right, especially on the hardware side, and and we see that uh, even with the PCs that we need to to, to build to run our experiences, and... um you know, digital signage is one that you had mentioned that that kind of uh, drops the price, but, you know, I think when it comes to the the content side and development, um, you know, it's really paying for bandwidth and time and billable hours and all that good stuff, so uh, but again, I think once we develop technologies where they're uh, off the shelf and productize the concepts, that's where the scalable opportunity is going to be, and so we've been fortunate enough to have done that to to a degree, Um, but again, when we Big ideas and real, you know, customized experiences unfortunately come with customized expenses, right? So,
4: and I think a lot of people might be very interested in what the possibilities are. So with that in mind... Where do they go to find out more about you and your company, and then what do they do if they want to
5: hire you on? Uh, sure. Um, well, obviously, please check out our website at uh, www.mvp-interactive.com. It's a great resource to see some of the work that we've done. We, we do have a contact page there. Our, our Vimeo page is probably a little bit more up-to-date. It's easier to put up some, uh, both R&D projects and some new experiences. So that's Vimeo slash MVP Interactive. YouTube is obviously another platform. And then, of course, MVP Interactive on all social media links. Uh, You can follow us there as well.
4: We'll be checking those out and hope to have you on again to find out what's new. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to do it. Time now for your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. Last week, Scott and I spoke about some of the difficulties the Wynn Corporation was having following the Steve Wynn scandal. Today, we talk about the company's future. You think that name is just going to stay on that building, it's going to outlast it, or do they quietly in a few years just kind of maybe call it the Encore across the board and they're both Encore Encore 1, Encore 2?
11: <laughs> encore and more Encore. Uh, I actually think a sale is going to happen first. So I think they're going to, the, uh, the Win Resorts, a name is very valuable but it's really the product that's valuable and I think somebody's going to swoop in and buy it now because it's vulnerable Uh, without Steve Wynn at the helm anything could happen I think there's an an Asian company called Genting group they're the ones building Resorts World and I think they have a vested interest in buying it because then they will have an entree into Macau which is a very lucrative market they are not in, in Macau if they buy Wynn uh, they will have access to Macau. Uh, I, I don't know that there's any champion of Wynn staying Win. Elaine Wynn is uh, kind of in the driver's seat now because she's the majority shareholder, but I, I just think there's going to be a sale in the offing and everybody's going to make a ton of money. Steve Wynn's legacy uh, kind of goes away, but I think somebody's going to snap it up and they may very well uh, rename the Hulk. The whole complex, both hotels and everything involved, I think the name
4: might just go away. Make sure to check out Scott's blog, VitalVegas.com, every day for updates on the ever-changing news of Las Vegas. Thanks for listening. Next week, you'll meet a mayor that has literally turned around a city, going from near bankruptcy to now one of the fastest-growing cities in all of America. The city is North Las Vegas, and the mayor is John Lee. Have a great weekend. This is Stephen Maggi reminding you, Vegas never sleeps.
2: The action is hot, the atmosphere cool, and the parking is free. free. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Over 1,800 rooms, 70 lanes of bowling, an 18 screen movie theater, 8,000 seat arena, fabulous dining, virtual reality, a giant race and sports book. And the biggest stars are in the Orleans showroom. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Two blocks west of the strip, minutes from the airport, with rooms starting at $45. This is How You
3: Vegas. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Visit OrleansCasino.com.